Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Ooh, they're playing tag or no tag on ESPN right now. I like that game. We'll do that in the next segment when it comes to the Texans. I've got three names that I think you can at least have a conversation about with a franchise tag. So we'll do that in the next segment. Brandon Scott in for Seth Payne. Good to be with you on a Tuesday. Hope you're having a great day. Hope you've got the day off yesterday. Hope you're relaxed driving into work. And you got the smooth stylings of me and B. Scott uh, until 10 a.m. today. Um, So Astros spring training underway. And um, I think, look, they would they win last year? 90 games? So they were down from something like that. Yeah, right around there. Right around there. Um, It was not your classic Astros 103-105 win season. They want to get back there, obviously. The main thing is they want to get back to the World Series. They made the Josh Hader move, which I think surprised a lot of people because it pushed him over the competitive balance tax threshold, which is cool to see. You know, Jim Crane willing to invest in the team. Does Josh Hader get you back to that level of team? I don't know. You probably need some more stuff. It's I mean, He's not worth 10 wins or whatever it is, but it's a really good move. I think some of the improvement is going to have to come from within. Yeah, Guys that we've seen do things before, Nothing we're not asking guys to do that they haven't done before, at least in spurts, but recapturing the magic. I've got five names here, B. Scott. All right. What are the chances, or which player do you give the best chance to recapture the magic? Jeremy Pena, let's start there, who had, there was video of Pena that surfaced yesterday of his new swing. His less bouncy, more calm swing. He looks just as jacked as always. He looks huge. Before I get your thoughts on that, let's get Joe Espada's thoughts on Jeremy Pena's swing. You know what? I've actually seen him for the last couple of weeks in Houston, and you know he looks he looks comfortable in the box. He looks athletic. Um, I think he's using the whole field, hitting the ball in the air more with power, and uh, I really like where he's at early in camp. All right. Did you see the videos of his swing I yesterday? I did see the videos. Did you feel of as excited swing. as Joe Espada feels? I am. I'm curious. Okay. I don't. I don't know if ex, if excitement is the word. I, well, I thanks, became wet blanket. Jeez. I just became really disappointed with my guy not being able to hit a slider to save his life. Mm-hmm. You know, like it is. If if that's gonna be better, then I'll be a lot more excited about it. I don't know if it's the bounciness in his swing that was the problem. I don't know if it was his eye, if it was the coordination, if it was a combination of the two, or what role exactly his mechanics and his swing played in it. So I, I need to see a little bit more. I, I'm intrigued, and ex- and I would say the intriguing part of it is exciting. But I, don't, I wouldn't say I'm out of this list of five guys, I'm most optimistic about him recapturing the match. You're not most optimistic about him. No, I wouldn't him. say. So I, I would like to see it. And I'm, and I'm glad for what he is. Like the def- If he's going to be an elite defensive shortstop who's just sort of Maybe not a whole, if he can just be a little bit better and be something at the back end of your of your lineup. I, I'll t- I'll take 
that. I'd like for him to be better, but I'll take that. I need some of these other guys on the list to absolutely be better. Okay, we'll, we'll get to the other four guys. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, if somebody looks like Jeremy Pena, like if somebody looks and has a physique like Jeremy Pena, yeah. and he's some offensively some slap nut at the back of your lineup that gets the occasional base hit. It's disappointing. That's a major disappointment yeah, to me. I'm with, I'm with you. Yeah. And I was disappointed. I, I, oh, just, I was too. Hadn't hit a home run since July 5th. Dude. His, and That's crazy. We were talking in the break about nerd numbers. I know uh, I'm, I'm in for stat nerd, Seth. Yeah, the, the the stat nerds or the nerd stats for Jeremy Pena are unforgiving. Like like he doesn't hit the ball hard. He doesn't <laughs> hit the ball well. His expected batting average, man. Sucks. All of the expected, expected all of his expected stats yeah. are so think red good, blue bad. Yeah, all of his expected stats are in the blue. Yes, so it's not good. <laughs> all I, right, I don't know how I feel good about it. Second one, so Pena. You're not super optimistic about. Uh, I wish I could be. recapturing the magic. I'd like to be, but I'm not. Yeah, I think he's he's a fine player, and, and as long as the defense is there, like he's worth having in the lineup. Yes. But I think that postseason really recalibrated people's expectations. Yes, including Takarias Arandas, really recalibrated their <laughs> expectations. Yeah, like man, what do we pay for? Yeah. No. Um, all right, so um, Jose Abreu, health. Okay, <laughs> let me healthy back. Yeah, he may have been playing with a bad back last year. Got better as the, no, let me say this right now. I'm gonna stand up and say. I this. was gonna say you you nobody was more critical of Jose Abreu yes. than Sean T. Pendergast last yes, year. I so remember. for me to come in here and maybe rationalize a little bit and take up for him is a major step for me. This is a big area of growth. This is with no therapy either. Healthy back, uh, better second half of the season. Had some surprising stats with runners on base as yeah. far as his batting average goes. So. Jose Abreu. Hmm. Hey, hmm? let's let's stick with the baseball theme and puns here, and I'm gonna throw you a curveball. <laughs> okay. I view this. I, I might even push back on the idea that we need to recapture the magic. I feel like he did what this segment is intending to accomplish. I feel like he did that midseason or during the season at okay. some point. Not maybe not midseason. Magic but, recaptured. Yeah. Okay. So uh, so here's my thing on on Abreu. Yeah. I feel like maybe he just is what he is or is what we saw him as last year. Maybe a slow starter, maybe a guy who just takes a while to get going. Boy. But, look, he can't be as bad as he was for the first couple of months of the season. Like, that's inexcusable. That's not a slow start. No, no, that's that's abysmal. That's hibernation. And, and it makes me think that there had to have been more to do with health than anything. Yeah. A combination of being a slow starter and the health. Yep. But I feel like if you get – some way, a little bit better of the start that you got from Jose Abreu, but something closer to what you got toward the end, I'll take that. So I'm good with Jose Abreu being something similar to what he ended up being last year. Okay. As wild as that sounds to say. Okay, so Pena, not super optimistic. He recaptures the magic. Jose Abreu, you feel like that saying he needs to recapture the magic might be mislabeling it a little bit. Like he's he, he's already, what he was in the second half of last year yes. is what he's going to be. Yes. All right, so now we're down to pitchers. Yeah. Framber Valdez, who, by the way, second on the odds board for the Cy Young. So his janky-ass second half that he had last year, where not starting the All-Star game seemed to be some sort of trigger event for turning into some schizo lefty starter. Got to be kidding me, man. Yeah, yeah. Like he throws a no-hitter, and then he goes out and gives up six runs, whatever it is. Um, back to his OG hairstyle. Mm-hmm. So no frills. Yeah. Looks to be in good shape, too. Yeah. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Like uh, he looks he like looks he's leaner. in better. He looks leaner. Yeah. Okay. So where where are we at with Fromber Valdez? And and by the way, recapturing the magic for Fromber 
is the magic was major for Fromberg. Yeah. We're talking about a Cy Young caliber season that bled into a first half of a season where he might have been the best pitcher in the American League. Yeah, this is the one for me. 18 I, months of magic. Out of all the guys that we're going to talk about, he's the one that I think is, at this point in his career, the most talented, has the highest ceiling, can recapture the magic. The question that you got here, which one has the best chance? Best to re- chance, B. Scott. Framber Valdez is the answer for okay. me. Best chance to recapture the magic based off of his talent, based off of his previous production, based off of... I don't know if I want to call it an anomaly last year because it did happen, and I I think it was real. But I think he's got the best chance just based off of talent alone. I like the fact that as somebody who knows how heavy uh, you know, a dreadlock ponytail is, I, I did not like that <laughs> for him on the mound. <laughs> physics. Um, physics. Is hey, man, look, if, if you haven't been pitching your whole career like that, I don't see why you would want to start in the middle of your – you know, Cy Young ascension. So yeah. don't do not do it. Go back to, to how it was. I'm giving Framber Valdez the very best chance to do this thing. He's mine, too. Yeah. And I think he's going to benefit. They need the, it, too. They need it. They need it from him. I think he benefits, too, from having Justin Verlander on the staff in a weird way for a whole season. You know, like that. I, I just think it, 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 it tweaks down the pressure a little bit. Framber can be, you know, a little yeah. up and down. You know, mentally, and yeah. and I don't think I think the new rules kind of affected him a little bit last year no doubt. in terms of his ability to gather himself, step off the mound, like all those. Things. There were we didn't see the old Framber at all in 2022 with the old rules. With the new rules last year, we saw it pop up a few to like him throwing at guys, him pitching fits. This is a like guy that. who, in certain moments, you need not rush him. Yeah. Like, he needs not to be rushed. He needs to uh, to be able to at least have the freedom to take a moment and gather himself, collect his thoughts, and take a deep breath. Yeah, I'm with you. So I think anything that tamps down that that exterior pressure a little bit, and I think Justin Verlander does that. I don't think he's somebody who looks at it and goes, I'm not the ace anymore. Yeah. No, I don't think he looks at it that yeah, way. I, I hope not. I kind of look at it a little differently from the Verlander perspective of, Hey, they're going to be relying on Justin Verlander, but then this news of Justin Verlander being a couple of weeks behind. Yeah, we know how old he is. So, like, I agree with your point, but I'm looking at it from more of a, from more of the lens of, hey, I, don't, I just don't know how reliable. Like, it's not Justin Verlander of two years ago. Mm-hmm. It's Justin Verlander of today. I need Fromber to be Fromber of two years ago. Yeah, yep. To, to help compensate for that, Christian Javier. Oh, <laughs> recapturing the magic. Here's the thing. The magic with Christian Javier might be might exceed the magic of all these other guys we just including yeah. front like peak Javier yeah. is freaky alien stuff. Yeah, but but it's also the the peaks and valleys though. No, dude, I'm not optimistic. Don't you get know, me wrong. He's going to be somewhere closer to the Jeremy Pena, but just a bet to me a more talented guy. Mm-hmm. But somewhere in the Jeremy Pena feel of it, uh, I just I don't know, man. I, I was so so disappointed off of last year, thinking that you were going to get a lot more. Uh, for the price, for the cost, I think I think it'll still be good. You know, if if Javier is your third, or like, similar to your comment about the having Verlander helps Fromber, I yeah. think there's a residual effect all the way down the line. It could help guys, uh, and, and even more so the higher up you are the food chain, and and you know Javier is somewhere right behind those guys. So I think that will help. But as far as recapturing the magic, I I am hopeful. I would say I'm moderately optimistic. Yeah, I the problem with Javier last year is even when he was pitching for him last year well, he was at 101 pitches by the middle of the fifth inning. Like yeah. he, his his pitch count got so high so fast last year 
You, I mean, you can't have that. Like, there's got he's he you know he, he's not getting paid a ton now. He's making thirteen, fourteen million a year. But they've got a pitching staff where they got Verlander, yeah. who's expensive, not as expensive as he should be for the Astros because the, the Mets are paying part of it. But you know, they're the like for what Javier's getting paid, they, he needs to he, you know he needs to go six in. He needs to be more efficient than he was last year. Let me just put it that way. The pertinent question for Christian Javier, and I don't know the answer. But it is for me. Is the invisible still invisible, or right. it, or is it one that most can see now? Mm-hmm. And that is the part that I don't know. That's the part that I'll be intrigued by watching. Him. He's skinnier now too. Let me declare yes. that. Yeah, it looked like they all been a part of the he, same Weight Watchers program. Yeah, maybe. Maybe yeah. they went soda so, so, weight, so to weight loss. Sodaweightloss.com. Yeah, yeah. I, never, hope, I hope they did. You never know. Yeah. Um, last one, probably the least important of all these, especially in light of the Josh Hader signing. Kind of minimizes this guy now even more. But Rafael Montero. Um, I've got no clue on Rafael Montero recapturing the magic. I was shocked they gave him the deal they did yeah. last year. Um, I didn't think he was good in the 2022 postseason when they won the World Series. The one year he had, his contract year, is a total outlier for his career. Yeah. What he was last year was closer to what he's been. Yeah. He may just be he might just be a big eleven million dollar dud that eats up innings in blowouts one way or the other. Yeah, it's it's pennies in the grand scheme of things when you think about the guys that they're gonna have to make decisions on, guys that they may or may not pay. You know, we're just talking about eleven and a half million dollars here. But however much, I'm just gonna track the eleven and a half million per year and think about the guys that they lose and be like, Man, you you took Alex Bregman's money or Kyle Tucker's money or yes. whatever. Like, I, I, and I know that's not completely rational, but that's how I will view it because they didn't have to do it at all. So right. the fact that they did it and this is going to be a low leverage guy, like somebody that oh. they're going to pitch when they're up seven runs or yeah. down seven runs. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't feel great. Like the answer with him is no, he doesn't have the best chance of recapturing the magic because he should not be in any position where he's pitching high leverage in it. <laughs> he's allowed to recapture it. No, why like if he is in a position to be right. recapturing the magic, that means somebody's hurt or like something something bad has happened. Yes. Yeah. Or I, Joe Espada's pulling a dusty. Like, yeah, we gotta trot Montero out there. Gotta trot him out there. Yeah, but but see even when Dusty would do it, it would be at times when their the bullpen would be taxed, their their starters weren't going deep deep enough in the games. Like if we get some weird stuff where we're trotting out Montero, yeah. we're gonna have some serious conversations with a spotter, and I feel like our heads are gonna explode. To be fair to Dusty, he would be pulling like an April, May, June Dusty. Dusty figured it out yeah eventually like okay we can't pitch this guy anymore dusty dusty was old but he wasn't blind cripple or crazy like we we all (laughs) we all could see with our eyes that montero was not nobody's high leverage guy blind crippled or crazy it was none of that um dude i i could watch those one-on-one pitcher hitter videos that they had coming out of spring training yesterday like Yiner Diaz batting against Ryan Presley. Yes. Alex Bregman batting against, uh, you know, Josh Hader. I mean, these are things, if you go find the video, Brian McTaggart and a bunch of others. Yeah. They, I've never seen this before on social media where they're, they're guys are filming, uh, like basically intra squad at bats. Yeah. Well, it's fun as hell to watch. Well, the only thing real close to it, obviously, I went to spring training four years ago. Yeah. It, it, so I was. In West Palm Beach, got to see a little bit of it. It does feel like we're getting a little bit more of it on social media. I've I, never seen it on social media I, before. I think also, though, so it could be an access thing, but we did also do in the COVID. So this was not long after spring training when I was there. 
the COVID year, yeah. we would have some of those intra squad scrimmages at Minute Maid yeah. with no crowds. You know, so we got to see a little bit of, of that fun. then. But yeah, to see it in spring training with and, and let's I mean, be honest, man, some of those guys that they had at that time were not necessarily like like they had um Noli Paredes and guys yeah. like this. Like yeah. uh, these guys it, these guys feel better. I it's just cool. It feels like team. it feels like these are matchups that we can only make on a video game. Like, yeah. oh my god, Josh Hader's pitching to Alex Bregman. This yeah. is so cool. Yeah, no, it's dope. I would drop a few bucks just to watch that for a couple hours. I'm not joking. Yeah. Astros batting against Astros, that's badass. It was yeah. really, really cool. Yeah, real cool. All right. Um franchise tag. Tag or no tag. They were playing it on ESPN earlier this morning. We're gonna play it with the Texans. Tag or no tag. I've got three names for potential franchise tags that the Texans could hit as the franchise tag window opens today. That is next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Brandon Scott in for Seth Payne. Hey, be listening. This is a segment. We're giving away Hank Williams Jr. tickets. Um, So today is... Today's franchise tag day. I tell you what, it's so nice, Brandon, that I call them tiny little signs of progress. And there's a couple that just hit me, boom, right in the face on franchise tag day. Like smack, pow. Um, Looking at the TV and watching the ESPN talking heads, ranking the top five quarterbacks in the draft and debating which teams need to move up and draft a quarterback. You know which team's not going to come up? The Houston Texans. Yeah, they're not there. You know who has two thumbs and doesn't care about the top five quarterbacks right now? This This guy. guy Right here, yeah. I mean, I'll care eventually, and they're fun storylines, especially this Bears thing, which is supposed to play out over the next couple weeks. That's super intriguing to me. That's one of the top storylines in the league right now. Yeah, 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 but I can be dispassionate about it. Like, it affects the Texans zero, you know? I am dispassionate about it. Yes! I I just find it fun and interesting. I do, too. and, and, And it's like... It's like watching a fight or like, you know, rubberneck. It, we're we're rubbernecking. We're rubbernecking yeah. the offseason. Yes. 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 I'm with it. I like that. Um, the other tiny little sign of progress that pow, hit me in the face, uh, the Texans actually have people that I can bring up as franchise tag candidates and not sound like a complete idiot. Mm. Not a complete idiot. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Maybe just a partial idiot. Yeah, yeah. All right? Let's, let's do it. 
Today's the day. Today, today is the day that um, the franchise tag window begins. Little franchise tag 101. It's two weeks long. Teams can franchise tag one player, and the the, the tag the the dollar amounts, the one year contracts that come with the franchise tag, the dollar amounts are pretty much set. It's the top five average of the top five salaries at each position. So for some guys to get hit with the tag, they're like. Cool, I'll take it. Remember Kirk Cousins? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll gladly take whatever it was at the time, probably $25 million bucks. Yeah. I was a fourth-round pick. I never thought I'd make $25 million. Sure. Some other players, it's not as it's not as enticing. It's not as, you know, it can be contentious. Yeah, offensive for some even. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, little history here. The Texans have only used the tag twice in their history. Right. 2009 with Dante Robinson. Mm-hmm. That was very acrimonious. He wrote Pay Me Rick on the back of his shoes. Mm-hmm. That was ugly. That got ugly. Yep. He eventually left. Yeah. Became a Kansas City Chief. Judevion Clowney in 2019. Also ugly. <laughs> With Bill O'Brien. Yeah. Didn't sign it. Never signed his franchise tender. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I traded for a third round pick and Jacob Martin and Barkevius Mingo. And what a day. That, that was actually right around when I arrived here. Uh, late summer 2019. Yeah. Okay. Right around there. That 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 was my introduction to working at Sports Radio. Welcome 16. to the show, kid. Was <laughs> the J- J- Davion Clowney? Yeah. Not signing the franchise tag, and then yeah, of man. course the Laramie Tunsil trade, Laramie which Tunsil. all happens very close together. Same day. Same day. Yeah. Right. Same there day. Yep. Tunsil trade. Clowney trade. I think the Carlos Hyde trade was that day. Uh, they were going to cut Martinez Rankin. Yeah. And they end up trading him for Carlos Hyde. Oh, what a time. I think Keon Crossan might have walked through the door that day for ah, a six-round That's pick. right. That's right. I remember it well. Swap yeah. meet Saturday is that's what I right. called it. That's yeah, right. It was a Saturday afternoon. My goodness. All right. So, um, yeah, it's all burned into my brain. Jacob Martin's played here twice since then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when nobody was yapping more than Jacob Martin at training camp last year, he was talking mess to the offense. It would have been cool if he made the team. Yeah. Anyways, um, all right, so my three candidates for franchise tags for the Texans. Right. And I don't think any of these are the, – I, the, the favorite is no on all three of these. Let me just say that right now, in my opinion. Yeah. But yes is on the board, I think. Dalton Schultz, the tag would be a little over $12 million. Dalton Schultz is a guy who built a lot of chemistry with C.J. Stroud this year. Tight end market, not that great in free agency. Tight end draft, not that great. Unlike last year, which I think is why Dalton Schultz might be a Texan right now because the market last year was flooded with some young tight ends that were really, really good. Franchise tag for Dalton Schultz, $12 million a year. What kind of chances do you give that? Yeah, I think that the chances for all of these, are, to kind of reiterate what you just said, are low. But if I had to handicap it, I'd put him at the highest. Or at least in terms of priority for a lot of the reasons that you just mentioned. The market, I don't think that they could let afford to let Dalton Schultz go without an adequate or comparable replacement for yes, Dalton Schultz. Yes, And I don't know where that comes from. Same. I, I'm not able to manufacture that in my mind right now. Of where where are they going to get comparable quality tight end play to Dalton Schultz? And I didn't, I didn't necessarily, like, love Dalton Schultz. I thought he was good. I thought he was fine. You know, I thought he was pretty good and, and far better than anything that they've had at that position, certainly since I've been around um, and in a long time. So I, I would CJ say CJ likes him. I yeah, think that's important. That's important. He's a smart dude. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's, I think he's good for a young quarterback. CJ spoken to that. So Dalton Schultz for twelve million dollars for one year, I would do that. I yeah I I think I would too. It's not optimal. Um, 
I don't know what the market's going to be for him as far as average annual value goes. Like I'm just, I'll just rattle off some of the names on the market for, for tight end free agents. Hunter Henry, Gerald Everett, Mike Yasicki, Noah Fant, Austin Hooper, Robert Tanyan, Irv Smith Jr. I mean, it's there, there's no world beaters out there. Yeah. Um, $12 million, I think, especially since all 12 of it hits the cap this year. Yeah. There's no spreading out a franchise tag. It's a right. one-year deal. Right. Fully guaranteed. Th- um, that's the sale right there on it. Yeah. For him as opposed – because I think every name that you just mentioned and Dalton Schultz are all somewhere along the same tier of serviceable tight end that you would rather have than, yep. like, have no answers at tight end. Yep. So I'm good with that. But the selling point for the franchise tag, the Dalton Schultz, as opposed to those guys, is exactly what you mentioned. It's this year. Know what you're getting. Just do it. This next one is the one that got brought – I heard the franchise tag get get brought up the most with during the season without anybody looking to see what the cost would be for a franchise tag. Yeah, I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah, go ahead with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm Jonathan Grenard. Yeah. Jonathan Grenard, who had by far his best season. Uh, Randy Mueller of The Athletic, former GM for the Dolphins and I believe the Saints too, did his top 150 free agents. He has John Grenard 11th. He's got, he has him as the 11th, but not 11th best defensive end. Yeah. The 11th best free agent. I like period John. out there. Yeah, I think John's good. I, I like him. Now, if he's the 11th best free agent, now the franchise tag for defensive ends is 23 million dollars and change. Yeah. You have 60 some odd million in cap space. Again, that on a franchise tag. I think if you're doing it with Grenard, you're doing it with the idea of we're going to work out a long-term deal. Yeah. It's a little more cap friendly than that. The alternative is you let him hit free agency and see where it goes and you find another defensive end in free agency or the draft. Yeah. So, I ask you, Brandon Scott, would you do a franchise tag in the next two? You can only do one of these guys, by the yeah. way. You can't do multiple. Would Grenard be your fr- Would you give him the franchise tag, Rose? No. No, I, I would actually want to try to work out some type of deal with Jonathan Grenard if I could. Not saying that you can actually do it, but this franchise tag figure, this $23 million, if that's the number, I, I miss You're me. Out. I'm out on that. You're out. Now, would I want to pay... Him twelve to you know probably twelve closer to twelve and fifteen, but twelve to fifteen per, and maybe keep the guarantee something reasonable, and just get a reasonable deal done with Jonathan Grenard. I'd absolutely be in. I'd be more interested in doing that a long term deal or longer term deal than the franchise tag with Jonathan Grenard than I would with Dalton Schultz, and more interested in doing the franchise tag with Dalton Schultz than I would be. With Jonathan Grenard. If like, Grenard... If, the opposite on the two guys. Yeah, yeah. If, if Grenard had had the season he had this year, also the season before, like if this had been two seasons of him doing this, yeah. then I, I think he does start to get into that 20-plus million dollar range. Well, he would have to. Right. So I guess my, my question would be, is the hesitation for you with Grenard in getting beyond that 12 to 15? Because I think some team's going to get stupid with Grenard. Yeah. Um, is your hesitation the fact that he may have been just put up a big year in a contract year, or are you worried about the medicals with him that he gets hurt quite no, a bit? I'm, I'm really more a so. Combo maybe. I think I'm more so worried about just all the money that needs to be spent elsewhere yeah. and maybe even the possibility of either getting younger at that position or maybe D'Amico Ryan. You have a defensive-minded head coach mm-hmm. who is very much invested in the defensive front, so maybe thinking that he could figure out a, a cheaper – or a more affordable solution than that. Like I'm maybe it's a trust D'Amico part, but as far as Jonathan Grenard in a vacuum, I really like him as a football player. Like I'm I'm willing to pay for Jonathan Grenard. I think that for his size, he's really good in the run game. 
uh, really disciplined for the most part. Some exceptions, but for the most part. Um, and, and what you saw from him when healthy last year, to me, is what Jonathan Grenard actually is. Like, I don't think it was a one-hit wonder. Now, the health question, to answer your question, if there was anything, it would be the medical. The health. Yeah, yeah, because that, to me, is the only thing that's really held him back. This texter points out, Dante Robinson went to the Falcons. That's true. He finished his career with the Kansas City Chiefs. That's what was in my brain. Whoa, they will actually lead you on that. They on will the, actually the, me on where Dante Robinson was. It was, just, it was just one person. <laughs> they will actually me. They're, they're that is, right. That is right, though. They I, are, they're, I, they're correct. Now that, I, now that they mentioned it. I, I was incorrect. Yeah. yeah. I do remember it that way now. Wild card franchise tag. Somebody's got to stick up for the little guy. Cam Johnston, punter. Man, listen. $5.8 million. Listen here, man. He's the, one of the best punters in football. He, no, he is. He, and as the midday, as in, in the loop calls him. A weapon. He's a weapon. He is a weapon. Uh, and I agree. $5.8 million weapon. But, man, you're telling me you can't figure out a deal with your punter? Like, this This is... We haven't yet. No, I, I know. I get it. I can understand. And I don't want to let him go. Um, let me be clear on this. I do not want to let Cam Johnston go. Um, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that it would bother me if this is not what GMs are made of. Being able to come to, to, to terms <laughs> with your punter. Please be able to make that happen so you can go franchise a tight end or a defensive end or you know something like that. I, I, I'm very tempted to make a bet. Not not with you, unless you want to take the bet. I'm very tempted to make one of those bets like about Cam Johnson getting the the uh, franchise tag, where like if 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 they don't, then I've got to take you to like you know Avalon Diner or something yeah. like that. You know, like a nice breakfast at a greasy spoon. Yeah. But if they do. You've got to take me to like an elite steakhouse or All something right. like that. I'll, I could do that. You want to do that? Yeah. All right, cool. It means this, I get to break bread with Brandon Scott. That's all I want. And also, the, this bet could only happen, could not have happened four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing a lot better. You're doing better now? I can take it. I, can, I, can I take don't it order to a, a lot of sides. Yeah, no, I can do it. I don't order a lot of sides. I'm on the lower level of the wine list. It's, it's cool. It's I, all good. All I right. could make it happen for okay, one good. night. Yeah, good, for sure. good, 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 good. Yeah. Sure. I think you just got a free lunch, <laughs> is my guess. All right. Ben, write that down in the big book of bad wagers that Sean's made. All right. We're, but we're both big Avalon Diner fans. Huge. Oh, it's so, a win-win. So yeah. we, we come out ahead if we end up at Avalon Diner. Huge Avalon Diner fans, and we sure. enjoy each other's company, so it's all good. Let's yeah. give away tickets to the rodeo, by the way. Uh, Hank Williams, Jr. We've let Hank sit long enough. Yes. Uh, call now, 713-572-4610. Caller number five wins a pair of tickets to see Hank Williams Jr. Live at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, March 4th. Caller number five, 713-572-4610. We're going to do it all again in the final hour of the show. Doing it all day today here on Sports Radio 610. So be listening. Calls are rolling in. Caller number five on the way to the rodeo. All right. Ime Udoka said something after the loss to the Grizzlies before the All-Star break that basically forecasts a big move of some sort here. I think it does at least. What is Ime Udoka's big move going to be? What do we want Ime Udoka's big move going to be to jumpstart these Rockets? We'll get to the 8 at 8. Headlines, ton of headlines to get to at the top of the hour. Stay there. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, Payne and Pendergast, Brandon Scott in for Seth Payne today. Seth back tomorrow. A lot of stuff to get to here. We'll get to the 8 at 8, top of the hour. Eight stories to get your day going. We call it the Ocho. So, definitely curious to get your take on this, Brandon. Uh, Ime Udoka... The money quote following their loss to Memphis before the All-Star break, which was, the final score was less embarrassing than the actual game was. They were down, while I was watching, I think they were down like 46-23 at one point. It it never felt like a competitive game. It was bad, and they're bad. Memphis is bad. Like, what are we doing? Um, Ime Odoka, who it's been challenging the last several weeks. After that 13-9 start, they've, I think they're 11-21 since then, something like that. Yeah. Um, said this, maybe I have to look at the rotation in the lineup I have out there starting and try to have five competitors out there at one time. I'll look at all of that over the break, look in the mirror at myself, and figure out the best way forward to get us off to better starts, end quote. Now this we know, the one person who ain't going anywhere is Ime Odoka. Yeah. <laughs> he, he has, he has, I would imagine, license to do whatever he wants with the lineup. Ultimate job security. Yes, over everybody, other than the owners. Um, so a lot of speculation as to what this means. I don't think, it can't mean nothing. He can't trot the same five guys. He can't, he can't be doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, it's been too inconsistent and at times embarrassing. So the big speculation is what does this mean for Jalen Green, I think, for a lot of people. Is Jalen Green headed to a, maybe not getting tethered to the bench, but a role off the bench, which at this point in his career, he might be better suited for, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, I don't think Jalen Green will take too well to it, if that's the case, but I'm, I'm curious your thoughts. What What do you think the move will be? What do you think the move should be for Ime Odoka? Yeah, so, which are two very different and distinct questions, because I, I think the move should be, at the very least, he's got to be considering bringing Jalen Green off the bench. I think that that should be the move. Whether this is a move that they actually can make, because you got to remember, and we all know this, egos can be fickle and brittle and all of these other types of things. Jalen Green was anointed way too soon, way too quickly as the number two overall pick for a franchise. Obviously, if you're picking number two overall, as we know with the C.J. Stroud situation, your franchise is not in a good space. But it's also another thing to just anoint said guy who you pick number two overall to be the future of the franchise. I think he was given the keys to the franchise way too soon, way too early, long before he actually earned it. And turns out, here we are in his third season, and he still ain't earned it, right? And so how do you, how do you reverse it? How do you, how do you go backwards? Boy. How do you put the toothpaste back in the tube? And I don't feel like you – I don't know if you can. Maybe you can. But So my question here this is a long-winded way of saying, if you bench Jalen Green – 
Do you, and this would be a Jalen Green problem. Let me be clear about this. Yeah, yeah. But if you did that, what you're gonna say? Would you lose Jalen? Lose Green? him? Yeah. Do you, do you lose Jalen Green because he doesn't view himself as a six man? Doesn't view himself as a bench player? Had eyes on becoming? I mean, remember when this guy was drafted? The thing, and this was off putting at the time, but like, oh, cute. It's funny. It's some you know little 19 year old kid saying that he wants a max contract and wants to be all NBA and all star. But he said that the night he was drafted, max contract. Yeah, that's, all, a red, all NBA. that's a red flag to me. We doing we literally this was a quote. We doing it big. Yeah. That was the night he was drafted. Yeah. And and so uh, does a guy go from thinking that when he's drafted to a couple of years later after year 3 thinking that he's a six man? I'm going to say no. Right. So I think the right move would be to bench Jalen Green, bring or and I say bench, bring him off the bench. Bring him off the bench. I, I, I think that he that's could actually, different than benching him. Yeah, I think yeah. I think he can be a spark for you off the bench. Yeah. He can be a volume scorer for you off the bench, and maybe you have a little bit more of a a structure, maybe even a little bit more energy to start the game with, say, an Amin Thompson or, or if Cam Whitmore's uh, ankle or whatever it is is right by then. Like whatever whatever you decide to do, maybe you can get better out of that first unit and better out of that second unit. Um, by benching Jalen Green, so yeah. I, I think that's the right thing to do. That's the thing that they should do. I don't know if that's if that's tenable. I said to Seth yesterday, Jalen Green needed Ime Odoka two years ago. You know, he's saying the things he said on draft night, as you just pointed out, and then he got to the building and nobody checked him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, like nobody said, "Hey, man, like, how about?" I at least I don't think like it didn't look like an operation that was checking Jalen Green in any. No. It looked like looked more like an operation that was enabling Jalen Green. Yeah. Uh, and so I I'm with you. I love Amen Thompson's game, by the way. Yeah. Um, I think he feels like, I know he's not a good shooter. I feel like he can get better at shooting. We've seen it happen with other players. And if the- he was, by the way, this would be a no-brainer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, if he was, he's probably not sitting there at four for them to draft in the first place. There's that. There's <laughs> you know? that. I agree with that. Yeah. So um, so I, I think Amen Thompson does winning things out there. I don't think Jalen Green's a winning basketball player. I I cringe when he when he gets the ball and he isos these days. He see he seems hesitant now. Like he was an inefficient player to begin with, but at least he seemed decisive. Now he's indecisive. He's turning the ball over. He's, yeah, he's not create. He's not a good creator. I don't think for well, others. Yeah, what's weird about it is there was a stretch, and I would include that you know their thirteen and nine start or whatever it was when it looked like hey the Rockets are turning a corner here. Jalen Green's overall numbers still weren't eye-popping and like, man, this is a, this looks like a front-line guy. But for a time, it did seem like he was doing some of those things early on in the season. And I, I don't know. <laughs> Let speculation about, like, you can speculate on all you want on what might have happened to Jalen Green or why things turned or changed. But something did change with him at, at some point this season where he wasn't or isn't always making the right – like he was making good reads and making decent decisions with the basketball, even on the nights where his shooting was inconsistent. Yeah. Because he just doesn't have a consistent jump shot. But now it doesn't seem like he's doing that. And so, yeah, and he he absolutely has to be for somebody that's going to have the ball in his hands as much as he really actually has to in order to be effective. So I, I, I think you got to change his role to jar him, if nothing else, and then see how he reacts – and if he reacts and you lose Jalen Green, then you lose Jalen Green. You know, then you trade him in the offseason for whatever. Yeah. And you move forward with the five other guys that you have that you drafted and Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks and whatever additions they make beyond that in the offseason because it's just – this can't be – you're making moves now where it can't be this is Jalen Green's training academy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's got to – 
it's year three, man. Like you got to wake up or just you know get off the pot here. So I I think you I, I think you you change his role, you jar him. Maybe maybe he maybe he embraces that role and it becomes better for the team. You start winning some games, you get into the play in, and then you see where you go from there. And I I just think I think what you also benefit from, and this is a credit to Rafael Stone, is that while you it's looking like he got the Jalen Green pick wrong at this point, looking that way, yeah. Jabari Smith Jr., we'll see. He's been up and down. Amen Thompson, I really like, but it's early. It looks like the other first-round picks where you were picking outside of the lottery yeah. are potentially really good basketball players. Like, Shangun yeah. is a potential all-star. Tari Eason, when he's healthy, is is a potential really good player. I don't know what his ceiling is. The Cam Whitmore pick has, in spurts this year, looked like you got a steal at 20. Yeah. He's who I wanted it for, by the way. Right, right, right. Which would right, have been right. a terrible decision because he was available at 20. Because he was available at 20. But, but, but yeah. But, but he's... It shows you why. He's shown flashes as to why he probably was shouldn't have been there at 20 in yes. the first place. Yeah. So I think that does provide you a bit of a soft landing if you're Rafael Stone to be... To, to, to maybe be a little more realistic looking at Jalen Green. Yeah. Um, I'm, it's, it's, uh, it's a fascinating storyline. Yeah, well, with Jalen Green, it's fascinating because he's got so many qualities that you can't teach, which is what is interesting about him. Makes you want to be, you know, want to draft him at number two, right? And, and feel like maybe he could be the front line player. But then it's those things that you do need to teach, and one needs to learn yep. that don't seem to be registering with him. And so it's like, okay, so what do you do with that? Because it's one thing to have qualities that you can't teach, but what if I can't teach you all of these other necessary things? What do I do with that? Traits wise, he's the guy you tanked for. Yeah, they 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 went into a they openly went into a tank. They they basically outright said it. I don't think Rocket fans had a problem with it. You yeah. know, you lost James Harden, you traded traded him for all those picks, um, and and we knew what it was going to be for a few years. And now they're in what they call phase two. That was yeah. phase one. Now they're in phase two. Um, it's just crazy that the the one guy on paper, at least in terms of the qualities that he had, physical qualities, that this is the guy that might not work out out of all. Yeah, because I don't think that they have a guy on the team that can put fear in a defense the way Jalen Green can if he's right or if that jump shot ever developed into actually developed into something, which yep. it has not. So, like, they don't have another guy that's like that who it's like, oh, I'm nervous about this guy – downhill or with the ball in his hands and you know splitting double teams no nobody on the team can split a double team and dunk the ball like Jalen Green but Fair. it is the repeatability of it how can he do it again yep. and again and again and the answer is like overwhelmingly no not yet yeah Ocho says B Scott can the Texans somehow package Jalen Green for Chris Jones man that'd be sweet yeah <laughs> boy who who says no <laughs> <laughs> Jalen Green. Jalen Green. And whoever's getting Jalen Green back says yep, no. Yep. Um, Adam Silver. I, I'm not an Adam Silver fan. Um, I'm not a big fan of where the NBA is right now. Like when you have a league where the big thing that the commissioner's trying to do is get guys to play basketball or try in the All-Star game, that's not a great place to be right now. I, I was a fan of Adam Silver's backhanded compliment of the Eastern Conference the other night. After they won the game, here is the NBA commissioner congratulating, air quotes, the East. And to the Eastern Conference All-Stars, you scored the most points. Well, congratulations. I mean, well, he's pissed. 
least they made him look so bad. Oh, yeah. They're going to try. Yeah, there's going to be defense in this game. Hey, sure there will be. Don't, don't write checks that your ass can't cash. No, no. He, he couldn't go out there and try for him. He had to be, like, how many seconds into the game did Adam Silver say to himself, oh, crap. Well, I, I think that. Or do you think he knew going in? Well, see, you already know going in that it's going to start, like, you know, horrible the way it does. Right. But you, you're hoping that it is, you know, they're letting each other score, but the score itself is actually competitive and at the end of the game that it picks up. Mm-hmm. And so I think it wasn't until the end of the game when he realized, or toward the end of the game when he realized that the score is not going to be close, so there's not going to be a reason for this game to become competitive, and in which case this is going to be our result. Did you like the playground rules where guys pick their teams? Like Team LeBron versus Team Giannis? Did you like that better than East versus West? So I feel like I'm becoming a, a kind of a prickly old guy, oh, old man in a sense. Club. Yeah. Because we no, get together on Saturdays I, at three. Yeah. Hey, I, I don't like relearning things. You know, like okay. I, I've been to school. Yeah, you know, I've I have a job that I'm trained for, so I feel like I've done all of the training and learning for the most part that I want to do, especially when it comes to my sports. So I don't want to learn a new thing. I thought the in season tournament was probably better than the folks that hate it, but also not nearly as good as the folks that love it. You know, but I didn't personally want to learn it. So same thing with the All-Star game. Let's just roll the ball out there east versus west. Okay. And let's play until the time runs out. Okay. That that that, that was easier for me to digest. Yeah. Even even if I can concede that maybe the you know the picking your own teams, whatever chip on that shoulder that gave you and also the point total thing at the end, yeah. maybe maybe that added some juice to it. I, I didn't need that. The point total thing was stupid. I didn't it, like it. Like the, the last thing you want to do is make the game harder to understand for people. That's what it did for Nobody's me. Nobody's complaining about having four 12-minute quarters. Yeah. Like, you're fixing something, air quotes, fixing something that, that, that doesn't need to be fixed. Yeah. I like the picking sides thing. I, I like it like from a dramatic pu- standpoint. I like the public draft. I like that James Harden was a storyline every year with yeah. that draft. That was fun to me. But see, I, I like it when you pick it, you know, the exercise of yeah, it, like yeah. televising it, yeah, yeah. Giannis on one side, Same. LeBron on the other. Like, I like that part of it. Right. But by the time we get to the actual game, I don't commit to memory who picked who. And so I like I prefer to just know, hey, that guy plays for a West team, that guy plays for an East team. I know that they're on opposite team. Here's, here's what I – and I've seen so many proposals to fix it. And I at this point, I'm not about – Fixing the All Star game, like that's, I'm not about that as a topic. Fixing the All Star game to me, the topic is everybody trying to fix the All Star game. Back when I was about trying to fix the All Star game in right. my previous life, when I had a national show, and you would, you, I get in on a Sunday, and I'd say, okay, let me go to my book of national radio show topics here. Oh, this is fix the All Star game week. Yeah, my solution at the time. And it kind of lined up perfectly based on who the older players were and who the younger players were in the league. I think you'd get the most juice in a game getting like the 12 oldest All-Stars versus the 12 younger All-Stars. If I've learned anything as a guy who's gotten older, the one thing that can really polarize a lot of people other than politics. Now that would be funny too if they played like Republicans versus Democrats. Oh, that would they be... might they might have a hard time yeah. filling one of the rosters. There's like one guy on one team <laughs> yes. playing one on five out yeah, there. Right. That would actually be great. <laughs> yeah. But but age. The, we'll just call it the hey oh, thanks boomer all star game or yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would have been our best chance of getting some juice in that game. Like yeah. the twenty somethings versus the thirty somethings. Yeah, because that you know, you would have had 
or politics. <laughs> or politics. Uh, <laughs> We're having a hard time filling out this roster. You just got like Michael Porter Jr. against the entire <laughs> NFL, uh, NBA. Or what's the other guy, Jonathan? I, like, yeah, this would be really, really tough. Um, or, yeah, old guys versus young guys. So you'd have like LeBron, KD, Damian yeah. Lillard, and Stephen Curry yeah. to start. And, and Anthony Davis probably is right. like 30 and up guys. Right. Against the Tyrese Halliburton's and Tyrese Maxey's yeah. and Shea Gildress Alexander's of the world. Man, I mean, I, I, that's your best shot. Yeah. That's yeah. your best you shot. You do have a tweener uh, section, though, of the, you know, Giannis isn't 30, but he's also not a kid, you know. So, like, the maybe the you, you have established old guys, established young guys, and then let them pick the tweeners. Maybe, maybe you have a draft for the tweener guys, yeah, the guys yeah, that yeah. are 27 and yes. 28. Yes, yes. Yeah, that that would intrigue me, and also I could commit to memory who's young and who's old. There you I go. Follow the league close enough to do that. Yep. So yep. yeah, I, I I could be down with that. Okay, yeah, I, could I mean, be I'm down just with that. Spitballing, but but it still comes down to does that make the game more competitive? Are they know. still out That's there? What I'm just saying, it's skip their, to my Lewin. Feel like it's their down best the court. shot. Feel like it's their best shot. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 